Welcome to episode 49 of Instant Expertise Marketing. We appreciate you listening in as always. Today, Sherry and I are going to begin covering part two of our four-part series on how to tell your brand story. In this second installment, we're going to dive into the role of the, your USP, otherwise known as your unique selling proposition, and what it has to do with the brand's uh, storytelling process. I'm Yvette Brown, co-founder of X Promos. I became an entrepreneur at 23 by starting a promotions agency with my then 29-year-old business partner, Sherry Nomadi. And that makes me Sherry Nomadi. Not 29 today, but Sherry Nomadi today. Nevertheless. <laughs> yep. You know, if you've been listening, you know that Yvette and I approach business from opposite ends of the spectrum. Yet we always seem to come to the same conclusions on how to help our clients succeed. I hope some of you listeners got inspired last week and really started working on your own brand story. If you haven't, or you're not convinced, then we'll sum it up right away right now. Okay, here we go. Quick refresher. Why tell a brand story? First of all, because stories told in the way that we as people are used to hearing them helps us emotionally connect to whatever the story is. Secondly, when we're emotionally connected to something, we remember it better. That's the neuroscience talking. And finally, if you take those two factors together, you realize that stories about brands help prospects and customers more deeply connect. And therefore, if you're more deeply connected, you can make the big old leap that you're gonna build a stronger relationship and ideally, that's going to lead to sales and greater retention. Now, if you want to know more details about that neuroscience and research behind all that, you can find that in that related blog on part one. Like we've said before, believe in the science. Believe in it and get writing your brand story now. Exactly. Now, if you already started, what you may have encountered when you tried to write that brand story is you may have come to the realization that you may not know as much about your ideal persona as you thought, or you may not know off the top of your head what your, your brand's key benefit is. And if that's the case, today is for you. Today, we're talking USPs. And spoiler alert, when you get this thing figured out, when you get your USP nailed, you're going to have three more critical pieces of information that you need so that you can tackle your brand story with greater ease. Right, but Yvette, before we go on, I think we should back up just a tiny bit and explain what is the unique selling proposition or USP. We use those interchangeably here. Yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out, Sherry. And I know from working with you for my entire adult life that you get triggered by those business acronyms. And I usually try and be really good about mitigating that. So people know what I'm talking about. Um, but um, let you're right. Let's step back and talk exactly about what the USP is. USP stands for unique selling proposition. Some people use the term unique selling point. Guess what? They both end in a P. It's the same thing. But what the USP is, is a very specific statement that you make about your product or service or solution that sets it apart from all other competitors. 
That's exactly it right there. It sets it apart from all other competitors. Now, that is what the USP is. It's not new, guys. You know, it was coined by Rosser Reeves. He was a creative partner at Ted Bates. And they worked together on Madison Avenue for 25 years or so. Can and you imagine? Rosser, can you imagine working with a creative for 25 years? I can because we've been doing it for over 30 now. That's right. Anyway, Rosser, he's responsible for creating some of the most well-known taglines of all times, which is used in the USP strategy. Now, my favorite one that he created is M&M's. They melt in your mouth, not in your hand. It's just so dang simple. And it's just another example of keep life simple. Everyone understands it. And if they understand that they remember it, right? Brilliant. I mean, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, think about that. That tagline has been around forever with M&Ms. And when you think of it, you, you only need to hear the words and you know, it's M&Ms. And that is absolutely what sets M&Ms apart from other chocolates. Now, not a lot has changed in USP since Rosser's days. There's some been some other, you know, movements along the way, but pretty much USP is still um, up and kicking. And in short, like Sherry said, the USP captures the essence of what makes your product or service or solution uniquely different than your competition. And just like brand storytelling, the USP forces you to recognize that the prospect or the customer is really the center of your unique selling proposition. Your product must help your customer solve a problem because people buy products to meet specific emotional needs or to solve their problems, right? And absolutely. And, you know, actually it's funny because even in today's world of B2B SaaS technologies and all of that, you still hear um, founders and creators talk about failures that they may have along the way because they created a technology for technology's sake and they forgot to think about what the customer wants or what the customer needs. So while this has been around forever and it seems really obvious, first of all, don't feel bad if you don't have your USB or you don't know what it is, you know, you're certainly not alone. And there's a lot of people that are getting a lot of VC money that haven't necessarily thought it through either. But when you get it right, it works. So, you know, the thing about it, back to hammering home this point about um, the importance of focusing on the problem is one of my favorite quotes. This is from Harvard Business School marketing scholar and legend Theodore Levitt. He's the guy who said, People don't want to buy a quarter inch drill. They want to buy a quarter inch hole. That is exactly the point right there, Yvette. You just nailed it, so to speak. So to speak. Yep. Because people are buying solutions to their problems. They're not buying products. And as we've said, if you can successfully join the story that's already playing in their head and just guide them to the solution to their problem, then they're going to respond and poof, you win. Exactly, exactly. So hopefully we've convinced you now why it's so darn important. But before we go any further, we just wanna you know, remind you quickly that we are sharing the brand storytelling process in four parts. 
we felt like when we sat down and thought about how important this is to, you know, to get all of you on board with this and, and start moving your marketing in a positive direction, we wanted you to sit with each of these parts before going on to the next one. So in case you missed part one, it was the overview and the why of brand storytelling. This is part two, the role of your USP or the unique selling proposition. Our next episode is gonna cover part three, which is kind of the fun part, connecting the dots of your story. And then part four goes on to talk about how to simplify your message for the long run. So let's start talking USPs. First, know that creating a USP for a brand skew is a common practice in marketing for all big brands. Our former client, Mattel Toys, they, and she was actually a previous guest on our show, and she explained that every single new SKU that Mattel launched, from a Barbie doll accessory to a Hot Wheels track set, it did not matter what it was, that the USP came before any part of product development began. Did you yeah, guys hear that? Exactly, like, Sherry. That's, that's amazing to me. Yeah, and, and honestly, especially being on the agency creative side of things, um, it's those USPs made our job easier because mm -hmm. when we worked with the brand managers from Barbie, from Hot Wheels, from Disney, from Polly Pocket, from Uno, and all the others, those guys were able to provide us clear direction on new marketing campaigns because they already knew exactly what made their products unique. It became our job to take that USP and create you know, this dynamic campaign about it and really drive that point home. And I don't wanna get off on that topic, but the point is you get this thing right and it really makes the rest of your marketing go much more smoothly. That's right. So you guys are probably sitting here thinking, all right, well, how does that specifically relate to my USP? And the thing is, is when you can explain your USP, you're sharing insights into your ideal customer persona and key benefit. And guess what? When you're finished with this USP exercise, you will have clarified, like I said, three, oops, three key <laughs> components of your brand story. Number one, the ideal customer, because remember they're important to the story, okay? They're the hero. Number two, what problem you solve, because that's the problem they have to begin with. And number three, why it matters so much. So guys, if you've got your USP nailed, then congrats, you're golden, you're ready to move on to the next episode. So good luck moving on. But if your USP is a little vague or it doesn't answer all the questions that we're about to outline, then you've got some more work to do. And, you know, as a side note, Sherry, I, we would be remiss to not talk about the fact that during the pandemic, Sherry and I developed a course where you can actually workshop every step of the USP. And this involves, you know, taking a deep dive into your ideal persona, checking out your competition, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of videos and downloads and whatnot. You know, we created this, like I said, during the pandemic, because we tried to find some different ways to help small businesses survive. So if you feel like you're fuzzy on some of these details after we go through this episode, you know, check out the show notes and, you know, access the course, check it out and see if it's something you're interested in. Okay, here we go. Let's get on to the USP and get ready to write this stuff down, everybody. Here we go. Ready? Listen up. 
my fill in your product name is the only fill in your product category that solves this problem, fulfills this need, or has this benefit. So that my ideal persona, fill that in, can fill in a deeper, more personal benefit right there. As soon as you have filled in all those blanks, you have a great USP. <laughs> Let me say it again. Yeah, I was gonna say, Sherry, why don't you go ahead and run that yeah. through one more time um, so everybody can make sure they caught that. That's right. So my fill in your product name is the only product that fill in your product category that solves this problem or fulfills this need or has this specific benefit so that your ideal persona can and then fill in a deeper, more personal benefit for them. And, and here's the thing, um, you know, not every USP includes that final so that we are um, really uh, big believers in that final so that because that's where you're going to emotionally connect. And that's the information that's going to be that much more helpful in your brand storytelling. So your USP is going to have to resonate with your all of your ideal customer personas. But understand that your so that is going to change when you focus on different audiences. For instance, okay, the value of your most significant benefit is going to be felt differently by the CEO than by the IT department because they have different, they're coming from a different perspective. They have different priorities. It's the same benefit, but there's different prioritized worth and thusly differing personal benefits, okay? Absolutely. That is really, really important to understand. That's right. And while you guys are pondering the USP, we're gonna give you an example for context because I know that really helps me when I'm trying to figure stuff like this out. Okay, I'm gonna use my favorite example. It's a B2C product, but I think it clearly demonstrates the power of the USP. Oh man, Yvette, are you going to tell that hairbrush story again? I am. I Here mean, it's go. good, but I'm going to talk about it. a hairbrush. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually going to talk about a detangler hairbrush. A detangler hairbrush is different than all the other hairbrushes on the market. And it's not just the color of the handle or the type of bristle or the shape. I think that the USP of the detangling hairbrush goes something like this. Our hairbrush detangles hair gently so that brushing never again brings tears to your child's eyes, okay? So the so that in this case explains why your target audience emotionally cares about the product benefit. So in this case, it's crystal clear why detangler brushes would target parents, okay? No one likes to pull their own hair when it's tangled. That can be, you know, a hassle. And of course, everybody would love a detangler hairbrush. But if you're a parent, you know the nightmarish consequences of pulling your own child's hair, okay? This hairbrush eliminates a real problem, especially when you think about 
the already existing chaos in most family homes during a typical morning routine, okay? A pulled hair meltdown, if you've ever gone through any of those, can have painful ramifications. For your child, it can set a negative tone for the day. The child might be late to school, which could mean another tardy and you could be getting close to a challenge with school. And the, your parents might risk being late for an important meeting or another commitment at work. So when you think through all of the realistic turmoil that tangly hair can cause, it's easy to see why parents would throw money at a quality detangling brush. It's a perfect example of well, who's experiencing the deepest pain. We think your ideal customer persona is the one who's feeling the most pain right now without your solution. That may not always align with the sales view or intent data on the highest value target, but we think it's a key consideration when looking at what basket you want to put your eggs in. Yeah, that's a really important point, Sherry, because I know we have a little bit um, unique look at this, but um, looking, once you kind of go through this exercise and you look at who's really going to benefit the most from your solution, you can, can really um, help guide your messaging in that way. And, you know, as it makes sense, you know, if you're connected with people who are more passionate about something, they're more likely to, to engage or be looking for that solution. So anyway, back to the brand, brand story. Hopefully you can see, like I said, that the more clarity you can bring to your messaging, the more likely you are to be found by that ideal customer. Yeah, and we're not done with the USP. I want to elaborate on that deeper emotional benefit beyond the hairbrush example. I can't believe we're going to have to move beyond the hairbrush example, but uh, we will. So let's look at a common benefit of B2B SaaS products, okay? Many mm -hmm. of them automate something, okay? And when you automate something, you eliminate errors and you save time, right? Mm -hmm. Those are pretty typical uh, benefits of those type of products. So what it, would your personas so that be? Well, the first so that might be that your persona can get home on time, be more confident in their meetings, KPIs, allow employees to make more meaningful contributions. It could be any of those, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, but the thing is, those are all great points, Sherry, but if that is going to be your so that, you're going to get an incomplete on this assignment. Those are all relevant benefits, but you have to dig deeper to get a better understanding of why it really matters. You need to do some more so thating. Okay. So, as yourself, what would be the most, you know, profound benefit? of getting home on time. Put yourself in your ideal persona's shoes. Would that be that they're spending more time with their kids or their significant other? Would that give you more time for your passion hobbies? Would it relate to opening up free time for side hustles or workouts? Um, you know, the, the reality is that those are those next level of benefits, okay? But even there, there's still another level of so thating that you can do, okay? Because if you can spend more time with your family, 
if you can work on your passion hobby, if you can make your, you know, work in your workouts or side hustles, what does that mean? That means you're enjoying a better quality of life. It means you're feeling more fulfilled. You're feeling in control. And in some cases, you may um, not be so scared that you're going to lose your job if you fail at it. Okay. When you start thinking about those things, you're getting somewhere. You're starting to begin to uncover the more meaningful benefits that your ideal persona can gain with your solution. And guess what? You can see the transformation. And that takes us back to the brand story. Transformation is the last piece of the puzzle. And hopefully you can see the more you know about your ideal customer persona, the more personal you can get with this. That's exactly right. Um, so from there, here's the thing. That is kind of like the, the, that's kind of the aha for the day. The next, so next week though, we're gonna move on to the next step in the, um, in how to tell your story. This it's actually, Sherry, I think we should have like some small celebration because it's gonna be our 50th episode of Instant Expertise Marketing. And this is where we are going to, that's right. We're going to be talking about part three of how to tell your brand story. We're finally going to get to what I call the fun part, which is where you get to get creative and connect the dots to create your brand story. So the bottom line is when you get deeper into the motivation of your consumer persona, you can make a big difference in the success of your own marketing messages. Now, hopefully it's now even more apparent that leaning in on this USP is tremendously helpful in getting your brand story right. That's absolutely right, Sherry. And, you know, I failed to mention, you know, when you're thinking about that brand story, like I said, you can have multiple iterations of it. Like one amazing opportunity, especially in the B2B space, is if you've got an ABM program, and, you know, as you know, in ABM, there's those three, there's those three levels of the pyramid. Think about your one-to-ones in the ABM space. Imagine the power of a story that actually weaves your prospect's hobby into the messaging, not in a random, hey, I see you're a sailor, but more in a meaningful way of like, you know, the time you save in this solution, blah, 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 can open up some, you know, time for you to, you know, go sail around the harbor on your boat an extra time or like whatever it is you know there's really some key insights that you can connect those dots and all of a sudden you can see how you can build that relationship that much stronger meanwhile if you're interested in accelerating the development of your own brand story we can help so check out the show notes for the link to our course on accelerating and creating your usp or if you need a resource to crystallize your brand's story, check out our offer in the show notes or just reach out to us at xpromos.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.